Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. When we aren't afraid of death, we are less afraid of life. From these episodes, I aim for all of us to take more risks in life, go after our dreams, have great relationships, and some fun in the process. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And today on our show, we have the beautiful, fun, amazing Janine Barsley. Janine is a spiritual medium, energy worker, and presenter. She has worked in this field professionally for over 13 years. Her abilities include communications with loved ones, angels, guides, and many energies in the beyond under God. Through her gifts, she is able to bring healing and understanding that we are all really eternal souls and that love has no boundaries. It is her soul's passion to share, to teach, to learn, and experience the limitless wonder that the divine has to offer. Author of the book, Intuition, a Spiritual Yet Practical Guide, shows her devotion to enlighten everyone to their own abilities and gifts. Janine is also a part of the Adventures in Manifesting series, Success and Spirituality, along with the authors from the movie The Secret, where she shares her own spiritual awakening. Janine Barsley, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Hello. Hello, and thank you so much, Cinder, for having me on. Oh, I hear you're smiling over there, aren't you? I <laughs> So I'm sitting on my couch in Massachusetts on a beautiful day. Where are you in the world? So our listeners I know. I am sitting on my couch in Granby, Connecticut. So we are not actually too far away from each other. Ah, and some of our international friends, Connecticut is in the northeastern part of the United States. And I used to live there, and a lot of people didn't know where Connecticut is. So that's why I bring that up. <laughs> We're a tiny state. Yes, well, even smaller. I lived in Rhode Island and uh, I remember traveling to Florida and I told someone I lived in Rhode Island and he says, is that here in Florida? (laughs) (laughs) So I like to know where, where you are. So besides what I just read about you, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, Well, this is all about the afterlife. I've been a medium, I would say really my whole life where I've had the connection my whole entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, However, when I was really young, I was afraid of it. I knew things were around, but it scared the bejesus out of me. What do you mean? Like, um, what, what did you know was around? Because, like, growing up, I never, I wanted magic to be real. I wanted to be able to wiggle <laughs> my nose like bewitched. But other than uh, that, I had no idea that there was anything else possible. What did you I, Well, you know, it, it's funny. My mom could probably tell the story better than me. I didn't sleep through the night for 12 years. So, you know, and she didn't sleep through the night through for 12 years. Oh, I bet. Um, I just always had the sense that somebody was there. And I was also brought up very religious, so we were kind of taught not to go into that realm. Um, And 
I can't really tell you. It wasn't like they, I mean, I've heard stories of people where they appear to them like ghosts. Where the, I couldn't say that I had that type of experience. It was just the fact that it was almost like you knew someone was watching you or you knew somebody was there, but I was looking around and no one was. Hmm. So when I was younger, it really, it was more frightening for me, oh, unfortunately, yeah. but it was. You know, that was, you know, when they say monsters in the closet, you know, that was kind of more the fear I had. Right. When I started, it was really my early 20s, a few different things had happened where I became a massage therapist um, and I just kind of bumped into a few mentors or who ended up being mentors for me. Um, And really between massage therapy, putting my hands on people and meeting these, you know, one was a medium and she looked at me, she goes, you do what I do, you know? And I said, really? You know? Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, you know? Um, and, and the funny story with her is she tried to quote unquote teach me and it really didn't work. And then she just said, can you look at someone and state the obvious? And it was, it was almost just that, that permission to do so. Everything just clicked. And with the massage therapy, every single time I put my hands on somebody, all of a sudden I just, you know, grandma's here, your mom is here. You know, I mean, it, it came so strong that there was, I, I had to say, you know, I had to say what I was seeing. Wow. So effortless. You just. As, you know, it really, for, you know, for me, it, it was, although it's all a process. I always say this. And when I teach this, I'm like. Don't think you're going to be, I mean, actually, nobody's 100%, number one. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's, you go out on a big limb. Like, what are you, you know, you don't know what you're going to say, or you don't know if it's going to match. You don't, but it was effortless in a way that it really just started to come. Mm-hmm. And so and, obvious and, that you had to open your mouth. So obvious. And I would even get to the point of, you know, I would almost feel like my heart would pants so much where if I didn't say it, it was like I was going to have a heart attack. So there was just a huge amount of energy that I was receiving. And now over time, I've been doing it, like you said, for you know over 13 years, you kind of develop a skill. It ends up becoming a bit more of a skill than just happening. Yes. Um, so, so that's kind of like where my story began. And really, even with the massage therapy, it was kind of funny at it started to come where people would come and get massages and they'd be like, we can forget the massage. Who's around me? You know, funny. So, you know, so that's when I was like, all right, well, I need to do this, you know, for work. It was turning into work for me. That's my, you know, that was my path. That's not everybody's path. Right. Um, But, but that's my path. Everybody's path though is we can all connect. Can we? Can we really? We can. We can all connect. It's a lot of it is about acknowledging and, you know, again, opening up to this possibility. And in the beginning, it feels like you're crazy. Um, but the more things happen, I always say this when I teach people, I'm like, when I'm right with you, and I'm right with you, and I'm right with you, and this is correct, and this is correct, after a while, you got to go, there's something here. <laughs> can you give us some examples and stories that you have that you were right you know what I'm asking? Right. Yes. Because yes. I, I, my, the subtitle of my book is A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After right. Death. And even though I believe in this, there is still this skeptic inside me like, you got to prove it to me, Janine. You just have to prove it to me because you sound nice. You sound good. But like. Well, you know what's so funny? I come from the same exact thing. 
I do this and I've had this and I'm total skeptic. And I'm also, I happen to be very religious and I happen to be really deeply into my own spirituality. I'm mm-hmm. not preaching it. I'm just saying who I am. Right. And so when I started to work doing this, I, I was praying to God all the time. I'm like, God, you got to tell me that this is real. You got to tell me this is okay. And I need to know I'm not reading somebody's memories. I was terrified because I knew I was always psychic. I always kind of had that intuition. Mm-hmm. I was terrified that I was giving people false readings by, well, maybe I can read their memories, you know? Right. So there's two examples. One happened early on that gave me the okay, and the other one was just like, I guess, a month ago that was really kind of funny okay. of, of this. So the first one was I had, a, I had a friend of mine whose grandmother one day wakes up and says, I want to get in touch with Grandpa. Okay. <laughs> and and, and she was friend, living, right? The grandmother she was, was living. living. And okay. Grandpa was dead, and, you know, and she goes to her, her granddaughter, I, I want to get in touch with Grandpa. And my friend knew me, and she goes, Grandma, just don't go to anyone. I have a friend. We'll bring her over. You know, like she almost was like nervous for her grandmother. And so I went there and I had been praying about this and and a really, really neat experience came in where I started to go, okay, I'm starting to believe, you know, that this is more real than I even thought in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So her grandmother was there. My friend was there and her sister. So two grandkids and the grandmother. And I sat around and this man came through. And looked at the, you know, when I say look at, that's kind of how I say it, you know, looked at the grandma and just all the information, you know, how they met, where they grew up, you know, um, there were some memories, how much love. I mean, they always just come through and say, I love you. I mean, that's their message. Yes. You can't do anything wrong. I love you, you know. Right, right. It's, you know, but you need all that other stuff because we're human. You need so the I validation. Thought, yeah. You need the validation. So I'm, I'm telling him, you know, telling grandma all this stuff. Then I look at my friend's my friend, and all of a sudden, the grandpa he doesn't change completely, but it's a different relationship. So he starts connecting in a different way, and I had never experienced that before. I was like, "Wow, this is the same man, but the connection is a slightly different." So I then end up kind of connecting with her, with you know, you know, different. You know, the, you know, his smell, you know, he's giving me this and, and, and different connections. And the same thing happened with her sister. So here I am, and I'm sitting here going, I know this is the same person, but there's, you know, we have different relationships. So kind of makes sense. But, um, mm-hmm. but then something profound happened. He winked at me, and he then started to transform, and I saw this man, in a sense, turn into a soul. And he was kind of beyond, it was like, it was almost like he was showing me, look, I'm even more than you know what I am. What does that look like to you to turn into a soul? And first of all, when you're seeing people, is it in your mind's eye? Is it like outside? Does it look like your imagination? Like if you were to picture somebody? To me, it's more in my mind's eye. And to me, it comes very differently with each different person. Sometimes I only hear things. Sometimes I smell and I feel, sometimes I see. In this particular one I was seeing, but I always say, I don't see ghosts. Ghosts freak me out. The paranormal freaks me out. Loved ones crossed over in heaven are my thing. Yeah, I'm with you on that. A lot of people ask me, like, spooky stuff, and and it's like, you you know what? Not saying that that stuff doesn't exist, but I don't 
give any attention to it that's not my thing and and if i saw like a ghost walk across my or float across my living room it would scare the heck out of me so I say that too. I say it when I do like small groups and stuff. I'm like, just so you know, if I see a ghost, I'm running out the door. You should follow me, you know? Um, You're funny. <laughs> it's not my thing. But so what it, for me, what it looks like to me, it was, it, it's almost colors. It, 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 it literally turns into more of that energy, vibration, different colors, but that personality or that individualness is still there. And I really have to say that's the best way I can describe it. Okay. I wish I had better words. No, no, I get it. A lot of people who have um, had near-death experiences cannot put into words their experiences just because it's beyond words. So I, I understand that whole thing that it's beyond words, the experience. You know, experience. And, 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 but, but there was this assurance for me, and again, I had been asking, there was this assurance in this particular instance that, I, you know, of, wait a minute, no, this isn't somebody's memories. This isn't something that anybody's just, you know, going for comfort. And I, I kind of had this aha moment going, oh, my goodness, we really are soul. They tell us we are, but we really are. Like, I got like, excitement of, wait a minute, this, this is real, you know? Right. And what was exuding from that, and this was what really was interesting, because it didn't have any limitations of perception. There was the most amount of love, of, of, you know, there, the, the love was beyond what I had anticipated it to be. And that, you know, and, and that really was, you know, a huge turning point for myself. Um, and for me at that point in time, I just realized that, you know, stop pushing against the grain. What will happen if you decide you're going to believe? Yeah, and go with the flow and stop swimming upstream, right? (laughs) Why are you making it difficult, you know? Um, I always say when I teach spirituality, I said, there's a point in time where you just say, life is just a little bit happier and more fun one way, so I'm going to go with it. Right. You know, (laughs) so that that was, you know, so that's one. The next one happened literally, I'm going to say, not even a month ago, where I have this woman come in, sits in my office and she says to me, I'm here because you're right. And I go, <laughs> I start laughing. I go, okay, thanks, maybe. She goes, nope. We sat in a group not too long ago and I have rules. You can tell me yes or no, but that's all you can tell me. And, um, and I was telling you no to every single thing that you told me. Okay. You said that I had a sister who's passed and... I, don't, I told you no. I think I would know if I had a sister. You told me that I have an aunt around me. I don't know of an aunt, you know. Yep. And she, she listed a few other things like that were more personal life things, not, not people crossed over. She goes, and I went home, and I talked to my mom. And, well, my mom had a stillborn before I was born. Oh. I never knew. Oh. And my mom also had a sister who passed away way before I was born that I didn't know about. Wow. And everything that you just told me about them, well, I didn't even know about it, so I don't know how you knew about it, so I'm here, what else do you see, you know? <laughs> those other specifics that were personal, what, did she, was she able to validate those too? Yes. Um, yep, so, you know, 
and, and, and so I, and what's interesting about this particular scenario, especially, is, you know, as a reader, I mean, you think anybody thinks that they have job insecurity or like, oh, yeah, you know, anxiety. I mean, we, you know, as me, you just never know what's going to come out of your mouth. <laughs> and when you're sitting there in a reading like that, where someone's shaking their head and going, no, no, no. You know, you sit there and go, you know, you question, well, am I connected correctly? I keep seeing it. You know, I mean, we're human. So I've been at this game long enough, and I call it the broken record syndrome. When I become a broken record, meaning I say the same thing over and over again, even if you're telling me I'm wrong, nine times out of ten, I am right. You just don't know it. Can I share with you something that happened to me that I just thought of? Yes. This, I had taken a course in mediumship with Doreen Virtue years ago, back in 2002, and never, and I still haven't done anything with it, although I've had great experiences that I've been able to see people or, you know, same thing. I'll get something in my mind's eye, and then I have to have the confidence to share it with the person. Like, I've never seen this person before, but, you know, here's my story. Um, But I remember going on a cruise, and it was like an educational cruise. It was a vacation, but we were also learning something. And the woman who was set up to be my roommate and I really got along well. So we'd go to the champagne bar every day and we'd hang out. Well, we were on a beach in St. Martin and I ended up having the guts to tell her about taking my this course in mediumship. And I mean, I've been frightened to tell people about that because the natural thing is, who do you see around me? And then <laughs> if I'm wrong, you know, then it makes me look like a fraud, right? So I just have that fear. I don't want to be wrong. So I typically just don't tell people. So I had the guts just to tell her the story. And of course, she says, well, who do you see around me? And I'm like, well, no, I don't really do that. And I don't want to be wrong. She's like, listen, Sandra, it's just you and me on the beach. If you're wrong, I promise I will never tell anybody. But she says, don't you just want to see? And I'm like, well, when I took the medium course, I said I was eating healthy. I didn't have any sugar, any caffeine. You know, I was healthy. And I said, you know, and now, truthfully, I was hungover, you know, eating, you know, the midnight chocolate buffet. And she's like, you know what, just try it. So I said, well, and so four names came out of my mouth. They just like came out. She says, funny, those are the four first names of my grandparents. And then. I said, okay. And then all of a sudden this man comes into my mind's eye and he was tanned, um, dark brown hair, blue eyes, handsome, big smile. Um, And I keep seeing a gold watch around his wrist and I keep hearing the name Rick, Ricky. So I'm telling her this and she's like, nope, nope, nobody like that. I'm like, oh, okay. So anyways, after the cruise, I was just like delighted that at least we were right. Not that I was going to tell anybody. Well, this woman calls me two days after we get home and she said to me Sandra and she's crying she says remember being on the beach I said yeah and she says, remember you said Rick Ricky I said yeah she says the day before I met you and we were on the cruise she says I I just found out my friend Rick had died (gasps) she says we were on the cruise I didn't know about it she says I gave him that gold watch he fits the description She says, I'm going to go to his funeral knowing that he's still around. She says, I wasn't even looking for him because he wasn't deceased. So that gave me validation 
Well, and I get chills even when you say it. And for me, even that type of story goes beyond even just giving you validation. But that, I mean, you have to, you have to just believe that you are both on that beach. You know, her pressing you to do this right. for bigger reason than you both even thought. You were doing it for fun. Yet there's that over, you know, there's that, wait a minute, we're a part of something much bigger, you know? Yeah, because when that happens, it's it's really hard to justify it as something else. You and know? that's, right, you know, and that's where you kind of can't, and, and even what I really like that you just said, and I try to, you know, in a sense, preach this all the time, you don't have to be in this own holier-than-thou state <laughs> of being. I was you know, hung over. Yes, you know, I was yeah, hung over. Yes. You know, like, you don't have to be the most pie. Like, there's, I think we have these perceptions, mm-hmm. and, and instead of thinking, it's just really normal, we're just really taught not to. Um, I have a, my husband happens to be Cambodian, and... I was nervous to tell his family what I do for a living because for the same reason you just said. I mean, I'm could be just considered very nuts and Oh sure. You know, oh or whatever you wanna call it. And what's interesting about the camp you know, it just culturally. So I my mother in law really said, She goes, What do you really do? you know like, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> like, what is and, and and so we were sitting there and I said, Well, I I just have the ability where loved ones that are crossed over, I can connect to and I can give messages that really are just loving to the people here on earth, eternal love. And I went through my whole spiel and she goes, oh, do you look to see if they have feet? And I go, what are you talking about? Do I see feet? And I'm sitting there in my head. She goes, yeah, well, in Cambodia, we know if they're past or if they're here, whether they have feet or not. Interesting. Yeah. And I go, really? She goes, oh, yeah. Grandpa came to me yesterday. He was in the house. (laughs) And here, I've been laboring my whole life over this. And culturally, for them, it's normal. This is a completely normal thing. Of course your loved ones live on. Of course they're going to come through and say hello. And when you do, you just share it with all the other family because they're saying hello to everyone. Wow. So do they have feet? Do people have feet? So, so for a... me, I, I haven't really had the experience of feet or no feet. <laughs> it hasn't been what I've looked for. Um, but that's apparently the way that they connect. Interesting. I, I Not that I'm any expert in this, but yeah. if I've seen my grandmother or somebody, uh-huh. it's like, Different from my memory, because it takes something right. to try to envision somebody. I mean, you know, when you think of, if I think of my mom right now, it's like, it takes something. Like, what would she be wearing, you know? And would she have her glasses on? And, you know, and I, I kind of have to form an image in my mind. And the moments that I've been accurate with people, it's like, I use my grandmother for an, an instance, because it's like, I can see her sitting on my couch. I can see that she's got her um, pink framed glasses on. I can see she's got corduroy pants. I can see she's got her little red sneakers. See, I, I did see the feet. And then I, could, the I, could, I can tell what sweater she's got on, or she's got a little beret hat on, and she's got long fingernails, and she's got kind of a creamy colored nail polish. Like, it comes to me like I'm 
looking at her, but it's still, it looks like my imagination, but it's, it's no effort to try to put together what she might be wearing. And so when that kind of thing happens, um, it's like, I, I more tend to believe Grammy's here and looking healthy, looking radiant, um, often looking younger than I even knew her, uh, sometimes looking the same, you know, on her best days and things like that, you know? So, um, but yeah, I see feet. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, like I said, I've never had that experience. And and for me, like I said, all of them come in different ways. Like my great grandmother who I've known, know since I was 21 and actually found out she used to read tea leaves Uh for everyone. Yeah. So I kind of, but for me, I, I never really see her, but I smell mothballs every single time I smell mothballs. I know it's her and I, I laugh. I go, I hope that that's not the sign for me when I get older. <laughs> but but that's how I remember her is that was the smell she always had. And so I will go in anywhere. And when I smell that smell, I'm like, oh, you know, Nanny's here. And, um, you know, and so that is one of those, you know, one of those triggers. And that it's not me seeing, it's me smelling. Right. But something else that you said that I really like, um, is the idea that they look younger and healthy. Mm-hmm. And it's something I talk a lot about, um, especially when people are in grief and who have either seen or witnessed or have the image in their head of a really bad accident that their loved one had. Yes. And or they've been taking care of somebody who is very ill and watched them suffer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's brutal. Um, and and I think the human self, we have like this, I call it the PTSD of death. We can't get the images out of our heads. Yes. And they relive them over and over and over again, you know, not on purpose, but it's just what was left. Right. And I constantly say part of, you know, what I feel like my job is, is to say they don't have a body to have it. They have released that and we need to move forward with them in that releasing. And a message I get from the loved ones all the time is, stop looking at me when I'm sick. Remember me when I'm healthy. Yes. Stop looking at me when I'm sad. Remember me when I'm happy. And I tell everyone, I say, if I pass, I don't care what age it is, you better remember me while I'm dancing because I love to dance. It's my joy of my life. Have that be your image. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And when we cross over, is it fair to say that um, we can be our healthiest age and when we're feeling our best and things I, like that? I, absolutely. I even think it goes beyond that, you what know? You I even think that, you know, it's it's not just going to like uh, the perfect age or the perfect, you know, this. I think that that's kind of our image that we get so that we know they're really in that great place. Right. I think we have... You know, I think we kind of get into a really pure state of love where there's really so many possibilities. Um, so I, I feel like there's so much in the beyond that we, do, we still don't know. However, I can, you know, really say that it's all good. It's not, you know, like that experience is a great, beautiful experience. We just don't have the words for it. Yeah. And you know what's funny to me is you said at the beginning when we go to a medium, we want to hear the validation and you know I can completely get that but from the other side what they really want to do is say I love you and the interesting thing is um, 
so many people who have had near-death experiences and even that I've talked to say that this life and beyond is about love. And if we were to, I mean, it's so easy to brush off. Oh, well, they say, I love you. What else can you, can you tell me? Right, right. But to really get like what the heck love is and to really feel like right now, whether you believe it or not, whether you see him or you can't, that you have this whole invisible team around you just wrapping their arms around you, maybe kissing your cheeks and your forehead, just saying, I love you, 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 I love you. Like what kind of a life would that be if we really were to let in like how loved we really are? And, you know, I, I fight it too. I mean, it's not easy, but wow. You know, and saying that, and that, that is important. Yes, and that, and that to me, you know, and everybody says, like, why? Well, to me, that's that's the fabric of it all. That's the end, you know. That that's that's the big main point. I had a great. She was a younger girl, um, had lost someone super significant in her life, and she had asked. Actually, it was her father. So she had asked me, "Do they see everything like the good things you're doing, uh-huh. the bad things you're doing?" And I just, you know, and I smiled and I said, look, it is different. It is, the judgment isn't there. I have never had a loved one judge what somebody was doing. I have only had them say, I am here for you. I love you. It, it, it transforms this, there, you know, it's like you cannot put our earthly right. mentality into their realm. You know, this this isn't about not becoming human. You're human. You're going to do good things. You're going to do bad things. Yes. It's just what it is. Accept it now. Right. <laughs> You're not going to evade it. You're going to hurt someone's feelings, and someone's going to hurt you. You're going to do something bad, and someone's going to do it to you. It just is the way we are. What they provide for us isn't a judgment. It's that I see and I know because I was there too what you were going through. I love you. Wow. And that is a huge, I mean, do, I mean, I would say, do you know how profound that is? Yeah, it is. Janine, can we all connect with them or do we need to go through a medium? You can all connect with them. I will say. You and know, how do we do it? How do we do it? How do we do this? Um, there's a few different ways. There are sometimes I always say, if you dream about your loved one, can you just acknowledge that they came through and say thank you? Yes. That's number one, because I know I'm a personally, I'm a dreamer, so, you know, um, I, I love my dreams, but I get that question a lot. Right. They came in my dream. Just say thank you <laughs> and, and, and say that, you know, just kind of rest assured. The other part is to acknowledge signs. And I even say, even as a skeptic, you can put yourself into the neutral zone. Meaning, um, you know, you can walk, you can go into your car, turn on the car key, a song comes on that you associate with your loved one. Can you acknowledge the fact that you're thinking about your loved one at that particular moment? You probably need it at that particular moment. Can you acknowledge the fact that they might be coming through? Mm-hmm. And even if you're a skeptic and you go, well, that seems like too wishy-washy, instead of denying it, just say thank you whether you believe it or not, starts to create the pathway to the communication. 
Oh. I truly believe that they're all sitting there trying to communicate with us, and they're just figuring out what avenue we will wake up to to say, okay, I see ya. So the thank you, instead of denying, starts to create the, the pathway. And what will happen is the more you acknowledge those small little signs, those small little signs tend to be bigger. Hmm. And, you know, and so that's one way. The other way is I say you can assign a sign to your loved one. You can personally create that pathway yourself by saying, every single time I see a red cardinal, I don't know, I'm just picking something, I'm going to think of you. And you kind of start to assign it. And in the beginning, again, always fuzzy in the beginning. I always say we never walked or ran before we crawled. (laughs) Yes. So give yourself some, you know, I think people always think one day you just wake up and it's there. You know, there's a a, a process. But what you will find out is that red cardinal is going to show up pecking at your door the moment you need it. That, you know, that red cardinal will be there and, you know, or you'll turn on your computer and there's a red car- picture of a red cardinal. And what starts to happen is, again, every single time you see the sign, all you do is say thank you. You create the door for them to go, oh, they're listening through the red cardinal. I'm going to show the red cardinal. Yes. Like, the excitement on the other side is, oh, my goodness, they're listening. They know. Yay. You know. Well, I've done a lot with um, electronic voice phenomena, and that's, Mm -hmm. you know, for the skeptic, it's like, I can't believe that's real, but it it is recording the sounds of maybe a fan blowing or water dripping from a faucet or, you know, the shower on or something, and then when you play it, there's voices in it, and and that's a whole other show, but one of the things that the people that teach this, Tom and Lisa Butler, um, who have been involved for 30 years, I mean, they've given their life to this, and they're regular people, these are real messages, they say that, you know, when we cross over, as much as we want to have a sign, there's a learning curve, like, everything in our universe is made up of energy, and I I think when we crossover you know there's still energy and people get this on and off of the light switch or the tv goes on and off or um, a letter on the keyboard it keeps getting pressed or something and you're not touching the keyboard it's all manipulation of energy and while it's all possible it's like it takes something from them to practice so if you say mom i want a butterfly oh you didn't give me a butterfly tomorrow give me a penny oh you didn't give me a penny okay tomorrow turn on and off the lights well instead um i know of a man who what he does is every day for 10 minutes he'll sit at his kitchen table and he'll drink a cup of tea and he'll put a cup of tea or an empty cup at one of the chairs and he'll have a daily dialogue with his deceased wife as if she's there and trusting that she is there and just by having that dialogue even without looking for signs when we can have that kind of a dialogue and even you know it takes something to quiet the inner chatter because our minds are non-stop talking but to be in that zone 
he just pictures her there he'll ask questions he'll say something and then just to trust that the answers coming back really are her now i haven't taken on that practice and i i had a medium that was on my show about a month ago and he's like your dad is with you and he's he wants you to be in communication daily communication and use him and talk to him and stuff like that and so while that was all good I didn't do it. And then right. I talked to this guy not too long ago, and he's like, your dad's saying you're not doing it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, okay. All right. All right. So, yeah. But, and, and this is something, and I'm actually kind of glad you brought that up, because number one, absolutely talk to your loved ones. And, and again, you kind of have, you just trust that they're, they're talking back. And I love that. But the other part to it, too, and, and I, know this almost goes against mediumship and it goes against everything i actually don't agree with the fact that we need to talk to them all the time i do think that one of the areas that have been you know a a little bit because we're kind of been inundated with this field which is awesome right but i also have found people not living their lives yes i know what you're saying with only this connection or holding on only to this, and, and I've even had people come to me wanting, what does my loved one tell me about this, or can I have advice about this? And I always warn people, I'm like, I am not going to give you advice from your loved one. I will give you the connection, and I will tell you exactly what they say. I said, but personally, go and get your advice from, you know, the creator of creators, the one whose design all of this is, you know, go, go to the top dog for that one. Right. Number two we are here on earth for a reason. Don't waste your time. Live. Right. Get the validation. Know the that validation. they're with you, but your life no. is about you. What, what is the meaning of life, Miss Janine Barsley? What is the meaning of life? That Why is, uh, are we here? What do you think? The number four, right? Isn't that from a movie? Um, I don't remember. You know, <laughs> um, what is the meaning of life? For me, mm-hmm. I, I truly think the meaning of life is to love as many people on a personal connection level as you can. Nice. I really think that we have to cut our success out in the way we think success is. I think it's making the personal connection in a loving way, meaning I'm going to argue with you, and I'm still going to love you. Right. I'm going to laugh with you, and I'm still going to love you. And I'm going to do this with you, and I'm still going to love you. Um, I think that's the meaning. I think we are creating our, our connection to enlighten as a whole and to heal as a whole. Now, I've that. got a really heavy question. This goes okay. to not light and fuzzy anymore. How about pain and suffering? How have you not so much dealt with it, but... Like, I have so much empowering thoughts about the education that we get from life and our soul growth from being in relationships. But there's a point of, like, pain and suffering that goes just beyond my comprehension. Do you have any words for that? Are you saying pain and suffering here on Earth? Yeah. Like, my dad died of cancer, and I've never seen anything. Like, I, I never... People would say, oh, so-and-so died of cancer. And I'd be like, oh, you know, that's too bad, whatever. But to see and watch somebody go through excruciating 
physical pain and there's also of course mental pain that people go through and you know there's a there's a quote in the bible about being closer to jesus those that suffer the most something like that and i just my dad was very religious kept reading that passage over and over and over and over and over and over again out loud um that's all i could hold on to because i had nothing else Um, well the passage that you even talk about one of the things that i i love about that particular passage and, and really christianity a lot talks about suffering in this way one of the things that does happen through suffering you know it's an unfortunate circumstance of that it happens through suffering but we release all of our worldly self and the only thing that can get you through is a trust and belief in the unknown say a little bit more about that because i i kind of got it and then all of a sudden i lost it when you were saying that you know it's you know you like again i'm I'm not trying to justify suffering no no it's okay and and i don't think anybody has the answer but the idea of this is to empower people now and right Maybe give a little help. You know, I I do think, though, through suffering, the only way that somebody goes through that, and even into death, you know what I'm saying? Death is, this is not, you know, again, we're eternal, we're continuing. Um, You know, the truth is, is that at those moments, the only thing we have is our faith. The only thing we have, you know, everything on this planet doesn't make sense while we're suffering. No. And that's a good thing. That is the most enlightened you can possibly be is when the structure of what we, we have bought into doesn't make sense. Because that's a lot of times what has caused pain and suffering. Um, so, so there is a beauty in this. Now, there's different types of pain and suffering as well. The one that you're talking about with your father, to me, it's hard to justify. It's hard, I'm, I'm with you. It's just that the why question is so strong. But there have been other really, really bad instances in my personal life that have been extremely painful, extremely life-altering. And that's even that book that you're talking about, I kind of talk about it a little bit with my own spiritual awakening, that I love my pain now. I love those experiences. If it weren't for them, I would have never woken up. Well, I don't know if you love them while they're happening, do you? I don't love them while they're happening. <laughs> but looking but, back upon them, it's what you need. But looking needed. back upon them, yeah. there's a purpose. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. I, and I there's do. kind of this tepsy-turvy. And then I, I always say, when you start to be on the path long enough, you can get into a place where you're loving your pain. Yeah. I mean, you, I, you, I, I'm reminded of the Sandy Hook incident, incident yep. the tragedy, when all those kids were murdered. And yep. um, to try to put your head around that um what you're going through it i mean there's just there's no words um i i do know instinctively that um compassion came out from a lot of people because of that um but there's one of the women i wish i i even had the name she has a book out who's from sandy hook Mm mm-hmm and she talks about her experience with her child after he passed to the point where she even has a picture of um, his, the, her child's name. It's, it, it's in this, like, um, you know, the bubble writing that the airplanes do? Yes. You know, write your name or whatever. It, 
she gets off a plane. This is after everything happens. She looks up in the sky, and I think his name was Jesse, but don't quote me on that. It says, Jesse is with Jesus right in the sky. She gets off the plane. And her story is one that's incredible. And it's interesting because I was not too far away from Sandy Hook, so that was a huge. And I was actually an interim pastor at the time at my church, so there's we did a lot, and so hearing her story actually helped me heal my own, you know, my own very distant piece of this, because I think the whole world stopped at, you know, that moment. Oh, it did, uh, definitely. You know, and and it, and for me, what I was taught, again, through all this pain and suffering, was the amount of empathy, you know, that was brought through, and the amount of community that was brought through, but I wasn't able to move on myself um, until I heard her story, knowing that she and her loved ones were okay. It was very interesting. Yeah, I looked up the book while we are talking. Um, it's called Nurturing Healing Love, A Mother's yeah. Journey of Hope and Forgiveness, written by Scarlett Lewis, and the boy's name was Jesse Lewis. And, you know, that one's an, it's an incredible story. She does some speaking, too, um, but... You know, so I don't know if there's an answer, but I always know that there's a silver lining. Right. And that is, you know, in even in my own, you know, spiritual life and what I've learned through my own biblical studies and, and every in that part of myself, everything lies within hope. Yes. And and, and I think that that's, you know, what we hang on to, um, knowing that maybe we just don't know the big picture. And trusting in that big picture. Yeah, and we certainly don't. And um, yeah, I, I don't know how too much to say, but hope, trust, faith. And then you know the other part that I get from the other side all the time, and mm-hmm. a little bit of a lighter note with this though, is I always call it the wisdom from beyond, where I just kind of sometimes I like to when they're there and and some of them you know kind of bring through wisdom. Um, I like to ask them questions. Well, what's it like? You know. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to know. What's you know, like? like, I want to know. And all of them say very similar things. But one thing that they say is, it's like a blink of an eye, Janine. It's like a snap of your finger. You think it's long. It is so short. It's like a stub toe. You know, Meaning our life? Is that life. what you're talking about? Okay. You know, it's, it's everything. So even our pain, their point is, even our pain, it's quicker than you think. It's such an instant. So there's there's something that I always receive that our life in general, and again it goes back to enjoy it while you can. Yes. You know, we where it, it's quicker than we think. Uh, that good old story, you know, song "Enjoy Yourself" is great. It's yeah. Than you. <laughs> Do you know what my grandmother used to always? My great grandmother used to sing that too. Oh, I was just thinking of Grammy. And it's true because, you know, I'm 48 now. (laughs) Yes, I am. Hard to believe. Um, And we're just talking about my 30th high school reunion coming up. And Mm -hmm. thinking back when I was a teenager, I was devastated during a breakup from my first boyfriend. I thought life was coming to an end. I never felt that much pain. And it's interesting because now 30 years later, it's like, what? Yeah, I got, yeah, yeah, that happened, but it's like so far in the past. Right. And 
every bit of that experience and all the other ones that were either filled with fear um, or pain or suffering, um, every single one of them had to happen for me to show up the way I am in the world for every bit of knowledge that I went out to get. Like, why does this happen? Why does this happen? All the information on relationships, just all of it. And so in the midst of it, it is excruciating pain and, or can be, and, you know, somebody could be going through something really awful right now, and there's no way I mean to downplay it, that, oh, someday you'll be looking back. Right. No, I don't mean that at all, nope. and, and my compassion is with you. Um, but I also do know that out of some major tragedies, people have found their life's purpose. They've found things that are making a profound difference with just many, 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 many people. And true or not true, there's a possibility and hope in that, that there is a bigger picture. And um, not everybody believes in God. Not everybody is religious. But I think by having these interviews and even talking with you today, we know that something else is possible. So we don't have the answers. But if there is a part where you can have some faith um, and, and see what I don't want to say how you can learn and grow out of it, um, but maybe. And like you had said, Janine, about you believe our mission on earth is to love as many people as we can. I do know firsthand that um, when love is present, even for just a couple of seconds, it really heals our pain, heals our grief, heals our fear. And so if we can take the attention off of ourselves and just for even a split second put the attention on uh, love. Last night, this is silly, um, but I was sitting on my couch and my cat jumped up on me. And this is a cat that I live with my aunt, only loves my aunt, never even looks at me. And to get this time with my kitty... There was nothing else that could have been possible. There was no feelings of what I should or shouldn't be doing or regrets or beating up on myself or whatever. And it may sound silly, but I I chose that present moment to just love the heck out of that cat. You know? And it no, was... and it doesn't. I've actually started a practice. I have three boys, and my life is crazy, and I do a million and one things. I bet. And um, one of the practices that I started to do was I call them my perfect moments. And I, in a sense, tab my perfect moments. And I'll give you an example. Like when I put my little one who's two to sleep, and, you know, they're all cute and cuddly, and you know they're not going to be this cute for that much longer. And right. he's my third, so I've been through it enough. And I just sit there and I go, okay, God, this moment I want to remember. This is a perfect moment. Oh. And it's become my practice because I think it was a way for me in the busyness to have those moments. Exactly like you said, I'm going to choose that with my cat. I'm going to choose. Yes. This is, you know, a beautiful breath of fresh air that I just got. It's a beautiful autumn day. Right. This is the perfect moment. Yeah. And it's not easy. It's not. Especially, you know, I know there's some listeners here that have suffered some incredible loss and are in a tremendous amount of pain right now. It is not easy. But not only can it help you on the level of making you feel a little bit better, but 
uh, there's a lot of research done into getting through grief and getting back to a sense of normalcy, if you call it that, mm-hmm. that your uh, chemicals in your body change and your brain change when you can feel good for just a little while and it really does help ease the pain and help you through grief we will never forget people we'll never stop loving them Um, i can be triggered in an instant thinking about my dad and start crying and that's just the way it is but the intense 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 pain does subside over time um Anyways, that's my and rant I, about that. One thing I want to sure. add with that, and I know we're kind of coming close. Ah, uh, we but, are. I was looking at the clock, um, too. Yep, I'm, I totally know that. But with that grief, I just need to tell everyone, especially like we said, there's some people with intense grief, honor your grief. Don't skip over it. Don't evade it. Don't run away from it. Don't try to be somewhere where you're not. Just go through the process. Yeah. And And if I can, you know, again, just... Just let it be okay that you're in pain and just have that glimmer of hope that it will it will get better. Mm-hmm. But honoring it, I think, is so important. And the old adage, what you resist persists. Yep. So if you try to put it out of your mind, I don't have time to cry, whatever, it, it'll keep sneaking back. And, and it's interesting because you cry and then you stop crying. You know, um, or you could be fighting the tears for days kind of thing. And and that is going through it. Yep. Um, hey, I want to um, just mention a quote that you have on your on your website, which, by the way, is a quest for truth dot com says everybody laughs the same in every language because laughter is a universal connection. I know right now that you and I have had some laughs today and um any advice into adding a little bit of laughter in our day and the benefit of that? Um, I think life is just better when we laugh at it, good and bad. So, um, and no matter where you are in the world, whether you know the, you know, whether you speak the same language or not, everyone does know what laughter is. Right. Um, so for me, I say you seek out the funny. That's it. You know, and you you kind of, you turn it all into humor Um, and bring that joy. It totally, you know, even on a physical level, goes and lifts your spirits. Yeah, it sure does. Thank you for that. Thank you. Well, Janine Barsley, how do people get in touch with you? Uh, Mainly through my website, which is www.aquestfortruth.com. And I do offer... Re, you know, private readings, group readings, Skype readings, email readings, um, and also uh, I love spirituality, so I invite others to be on that spiritual journey, um, and I love to answer questions and have conversations about that as well. Oh, that's awesome. You do phone readings as well? I do phone readings as well. I've never heard of email readings. I I will say email readings I, I should, um, are not really for connections to the loved ones crossed over, but more about life stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, I always say energy is energy. And to me, the less I know, the better the reading is. Oh, I so, love that. Thank um, you. you know, <laughs> so don't tell me anything. <laughs> I like that too, that you just want yes or no responses. Cause that shows much more than your grandmother is with you and she loves you. Well, I- and then I'm going to close the show. Janine Barsley, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
And our listener, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope you're entertained today, and I hope this has been insightful and that has made a difference in your life Um, because we all know there's a thousand and one places we could all be right now, and there's tons of things we should be doing that we might not be doing, but you spent the last hour with Janine and I, and I'm really grateful for that really truly grateful so i look forward to your input if you go to we don't die radio.com that's my website you'll see a picture of me you'll also see a picture of janine uh janine i'll put a link to your website a quest for truth on there um and for our listener you can listen to past episodes and also there's a place that says contact sandra and that would be me If there's something you want to hear more about, if there's any input you want to give and if a show's made a difference for you, uh, I really welcome your input. And also, if you're listening to this on iTunes, certainly we would love it if you would uh, leave some feedback, uh, rate the show. It, It really does help others to know You know, it's like going to a great restaurant. Mm -hmm. You can see an ad for a restaurant in a newspaper. And, okay, well, that's fine and good, but you still might not go. But if you get a lot of people that have been there and they say, oh, my God, this is the greatest Italian restaurant, well, you might go. So if this um, show is making a difference for you, uh, like the Italian restaurant, um, share it share it. It's all free. It's all information. No hard sales. I think you know that by listening, but um, we're out to make a difference. So this is Sandra Champlain. I believe life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. And in the words of our wonderful guest, Janine Barzali, everybody laughs the same in every language because laughter is a universal connection. So how about we all just find some funny today? All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.